0: Good morning, it's time for Daily Chapel. The text is Matthew chapter 21, verses 10 through 17. The Reverend Dr. Stephen Hokana is preaching. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. The appointed reading for this day is recorded in the 21st chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the 10th verse. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children cried out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out to the city of Bethany and lodged there. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The basis for today's meditation is from Matthew 21, verse 10. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is our text. So I want to tell you a story. Not long ago, I attended an army chaplain school graduation. One of our LCMS pastors was walking across the stage and has gone from pastor to chaplain to serve in an infantry unit. There's lots of pop. There's lots of tradition. We sang the national anthem. There were honor graduates announced. The most physically fit chaplain was presented with an award. Before the ceremony closed and the colors of the United States and the colors of the United States Army were retired, The commandant of the chaplain school gets up and has what's called the last word. Now, typically he or she is not the highest ranking person there. There's usually a flag officer, but it is a tradition that the commandant of the chaplain school gets the last word. Now, it's intended to be a short, sage piece of advice offered to the graduates, to the pastors, now chaplain. Now, I've been to a couple of these events and I've seen this very short piece of advice given to the graduates and the audience. I I think the commandant has been using these phrases throughout the training cycle, so it's not unfamiliar to the students or their families. One short phrase was something simply as, get a hobby. Second, don't be weird. Both try to arrest the chaplain from descending too deep into theological areas, so unfathomable they lose relevance to the men and women in their 20s and 30s. During this graduation, the Commandant gave this advice. Remember, the big thing is the big thing. In the case of the United States Army, the big thing is to deploy, fight, and win our nation's wars by providing ready, prompt, and sustained land dominance by army forces across the full spectrum of conflict as part of the joint force. So, what that means is, when you say, remember the big thing is a big thing, all other tasks, all operations, all missions, occupations, and skills must nest under the big thing to win our nation's wars. Weapon systems, hand-to-hand combat, counseling, prayer breakfast, morning prayer, physical training must nest into the big thing, to fight and win our nation's wars, and that's good to know. In many ways, we ought to apply the same phrase, remember, the big thing is a big thing, in this lesson today. Because there's lots of issues at events in these seven verses, primarily there's a lot of movement in this text. This informs us that Jesus is on a specific movement, a specific mission. This is not a stagnant Lord, but the Christ of action, the Christ of promise. Second, a big resonating theme in this is there's a prophetic fulfillment in his actions and deep concern for worship in the temple. Finally, there are differing groups. There's crowds, money changers, blind and lame people. There's there's the priests and the Sadducees, and there's the disciples. So here comes the Jesus of action. The word enter is used twice in this passage. First, to come into Jerusalem, where, of course, we know the popular Palm Sunday text. Jesus triumphal entry, Hosanna in the highest. And the crowd proclaims him a prophet. They got one third about Jesus correct, and that was it, prophet. But he's also priest and king. And next he enters the temple. He cracks a whip and turns over tables. At least that's what my Sunday school painting showed me when I was a young boy. (laughs) If I could wax on here, the artists let loose their creativity. I can remember when I was a boy. Spectacular depictions of benches and baskets and doves flying everywhere. In the center of this one picture I saw was Jesus with a whip. And boy, does he look angry. It's a big old whip the multi-foot lashing, curling behind Jesus like a well-practiced fly fisherman singling out a well-named spot in a river for lingering trout. As a kid, the picture reminded me of Clint Eastwood in the movie High Plains Drifter. Clint uses a whip as a devastating weapon, carrying apart in unbridled vengeance evil characters in an evil town who did evil things to each other. But remember, The big thing is the big thing. So there is no whip in Matthew's gospel. We read of this whip in the gospel of John, and I suppose we can make a good argument for Jesus' vigorous persecution of sin and driving out blasphemers from his father's house. But Jesus is not the vengeful high plains drifter. But Jesus' task in this portion of Matthew is not to just crack the whip and turn over tables. He desires the rending of our hearts, to approach our Heavenly Father in true worship, repentance, seeking forgiveness, and a contrite heart. In addition, this is to fulfill his Father's will to see the unity of Father and Son. In John chapter 2, we hear the disciples recalling Psalm 69, for zeal, for your house consumes me. And so the movement continues. As you are processing this scene of mayhem and confusion, Jesus heals the blind and lame. Then the Lord encounters the chief priests and scribes. A brief dialogue fulfilling the Old Testament. They want him to stop everyone. Stop permitting praise that's heaped upon you. And Jesus says to them, have you not read? Psalm 8. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. So bracketing this Palm Sunday procession, Jerusalem temple episode, the money changers, and the encounter with the elites, this whole occurrence is filled with a large crowd. This is a horde made up of a eclectic group. The ignorant, the uneducated, the hopeful, the educated, some sincere, some imitating the disciples, but really not fully accepting Jesus. They still do not get it right. The crowd, they're looking for a Messiah with overwhelming military force to crush the enemies. They're not looking for a humble Messiah, a Lord who's deeply concerned about their life. They want power, riches, and instead Jesus came in fulfilling God's plan. The Christ of God will change all things and start by changing the world. This is accomplished not with power, but by his persecution and scorn than suffering and dying and rising from the dead in victory. Jesus knows this plan. The Lord knows the crowd, the educational elites, those of blindness, and the money changers. But there is another face in this event. It's clear and yet obscure because it is not mentioned. And it's the disciples. It's you. It's me. And all those who call upon the name of Jesus for salvation. So, what does the Holy Spirit want us to see? There's more going on than frenetic activity tied to something that carries not much of a meaning. There's more in this text than a flurry of activity with no defined message or intent for the listener. We need not work overly hard for its meaning. There is a single theme that resonates throughout Matthew 21. Remember... The big thing is the big thing. Everything that occurs in this reading, all actions, all activities, all dialogue and people nest into the big thing. And it points to the Lord as our sacrifice for our salvation. To forgive us our sins, and to, to bring us back into the kingdom of salvation, love, joy and peace. Jesus, who descended the Mount of Olives, enters Jerusalem, clears out the temple, heals the blind and lame, in the temple, and rebuffs the high priests and the Sadducees, all point to the big thing. It comes down to reaching out to the world and announcing that He, Jesus, is the Savior of all humanity. All these activities and events are the messianic fulfillment of the Old Testament. The Lord's interaction with all along the social stratosphere points to Jesus who wishes to save the lost, bring back adrift the children of Israel, and rescue all humanity by his atonement, all the while longing to be our shepherd forever. This short passage of Matthew 21 validates through Jesus' actions and the scriptures are fulfilled. Zechariah 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Now the necessity of Jesus in the temple, Psalm 11. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. It is important to note about the fulfillment of Jesus as God's son that Luke relays a dialogue with Jesus and his earthly parents. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Jesus' healing of the blind and lame is promised as an event in Isaiah, and this declares Jesus as the promise fulfilled. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus fulfills the Old Testament in its prophetic voice. The encounter with the chief priests and the scribes we read in Psalm 8 out of the mouths of babes and infants. All this, all this reminds you that Jesus is our Savior. Remember, The big thing is the big thing. Christ, the Savior of the world. The fulfillment of the Old Testament. Jesus, prophet, priest, and king, who comes to save us from our sins. So during the season of Lent, may we read, listen, hear the promises and fulfillment of the Lord as we journey towards Easter. We ask this in his holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for CHAPEL. The broadcast of CHAPEL is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. To learn more about LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces, visit kfuo.org CHAPEL.